Happy Sunday. Thank you for tuning in again to Align with Plants, Align with Health. It's the end of July in the Pacific Northwest, and it's a beautiful summer day. Sitting in the garden and enjoying this small-scale food forest that I created here in this home that we're renting in Portland, Oregon. And there's a lot of clay here and not much. Uh, There wasn't much or there was no diversity. It was all clay in a raised bed and stark naked. And we came in, laid down wood chips, put in, I guess it ended up being about 62 perennial plant and medicine and pollinating plants. And it's just been amazing this year, the second or the third summer here, the second year with this particular garden with these set of plants. I just watched everything come up on its own. I didn't have to do much work. And I didn't need it this year because there is a a lot of other things going. This is just the first step in learning what it takes to create interdependent, diverse, self-nourishing food systems. I didn't get much food out of this. And so there's a lot for me to learn though that's what I'm doing and that's what I wanted to talk about today is I am learning to allow the messages that I receive in the world and through the plants and through just the understanding within myself the spiritual awakening that I'm is happening within myself I'm allowing myself to understand the messages clearer and when things come and they make sense I am trusting myself with down the road of least uh, least resistance and so that has some things have changed and some some opportunities have come uh, have made themselves available and it looks like there is some land available to me and my family and friends an acre down in the Sonoran Desert and we lived down in Phoenix for a few years And it's actually where my love affair with food forestry and permaculture in general and just the natural farming methods of many people the world over began and it was really, uh, not necessarily began, but it was where the fire really kicked on. And so I've had the desire to go and green up some desert and it's a really amazing thing to see a you know, an environment that people think is not thriving and can't support life, thrive and support life, because that's what the desert does, and it does it with its own plants and its own setup. But that's what I wanted to talk about today, is just what I plan on doing with this acre of land, and give an idea to anyone who's listening to this podcast about options and opportunities and just my own personal vision of what we can do to better align ourselves with plants and better align ourselves with health. And this is something that I would like to and I will do. I plan on planting as many plants as I can plant uh, around the entire land on as much earth as possible. So this is going to be the first attempt at executing on the plan and we'll just get better from here. So Food forests are multi-layer systems mostly based on trees. That's pretty much what forests are, are a condensed amount of trees 
you're going to have a few trees that are the major species. It's usually three. And those are going to be the major species in the forest. They're going to be the strongest. They're also usually called the nursery trees and the caregiving trees. And that's because these three trees are providing the majority of the protection and the nutrition and the uh, nutrient exchange of the forest. They are pretty much controlling it and allowing and encouraging and supporting the growth of all of the smaller plants below them and even sometimes bigger plants. So it's all about trees and the desert has a lot of trees. The desert grows a lot of food plants and in the deserts around the world people have been manipulating these plants in ways to live off of them or to be sustained off of them. It seems like even maybe the idea of the green oasis in the middle of the desert may be an intentionally planted food forest or two or three or hundreds that people have planted out in deserts. I don't know. There's definitely a few examples of this in the world. And it's definitely a romantic idea to think about and something to strive to create, which is what I am here to do. So we're working with an acre down in the middle of the Sonoran Desert. And there are over 400 food-bearing plants of the Sonoran Desert. I'm sure many more than that. Though there's a lot. There's a large diversity. I have maybe 70 plants right now in this little garden and I have it's just kind of amazing how many different plants there are there's not a lot of each one though they're all really supporting each other and working fine next to each other and to imagine you know an ecosystem that has over 400 working together simultaneously to support obviously over a large really large area maybe not all plants are found in all aspects but the Sonoran Desert is kind of also really um, looks the same. Um, so we have an acre and we need to make this acre self-sustaining. We need to bring in hundreds of trees that are native to the desert that provide food, shelter, nutrition, all of the things that trees provide that provide a nursery. We pretty much need to create a tree nursery of all desert bearing trees and plants put them into probably about two-thirds of the acre we will dedicate to the food forest. And so um, I saw a man who is on a third of an acre. He has 200 trees on a third of an acre, and I believe that's including you know, the, the house taking up space. So that's really not that much space. We're probably going to have to put 1,000 trees on two-thirds of an acre. That number could be up or down a few. It's going to have to be hundreds of trees and we're going to interplant these trees with taking care of them for the first few years. So we're gonna need some water, we're gonna need some attention, some compost, um, and we're going to have to nurse these trees up. We're going to cover the ground totally in wood chips, 100% covered in wood chips and plant matter. And then we're going to plant these trees in, in the wood chips, well, into the ground, but having the wood chips protected them totally covered. And we're going to nurse these trees up for the first couple of years. And mesquites and ironwoods and palo verdes, which are the three major nursery trees of the Sonoran Desert, 
and moringa trees and date palms these trees date palms take a while but these trees grow pretty quickly um, and so within a few years they're going to be established to the desert they're going to understand where they're at that they're here to do their work in their environment that they're made to do and they're going to start getting to work and continue to grow and set deep enough root to be able to survive the regular rain patterns of the Sonoran Desert. And they're going to grow and they're going to create shade and they're going to create a canopy that allows all of the other plants of the desert to sprout and then also be planted. They'll be being planted simultaneously those first few years since a lot of water will be out on the land we might as well plant a bunch of ground cover and smaller food bearing crops and bananas and whatever other you know avocados and stone fruits and all these other fruits that take a lot of water we might as well go ahead and plant those as well berries anything that we can get going there and um, cacti so that by the time the trees are big they already have a really diverse you know system below to protect and shade and allow them to grow up big and strong and so that's on two-thirds of the acre we have a plan for the other third as well but um, what's amazing in that is that right now where this acre is at there are a few partial look I mean they actually look like full homes but it looks like these people live here there are people that live within the vicinity of this acre it's in the middle of the desert though it looks like there are some human inhabitants and their 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 land is just stark and i can just imagine what it's going to look like for them to see a jungle come up <laughs> in the middle of the desert so what's really exciting about greening the desert is that it's almost unbelievable for anyone especially anyone who's never lived in the desert to even begin to imagine that a thousand trees could be supported in the desert though there are so many examples of this out in many deserts all around the world and it's not something that is probably widely understood and so it's not something that's widely reproduced there's not a lot of funds going to this but that's okay <laughs> because there is really cheap land in the world and all we need to do is put a bunch of trees in the ground that's what we need to do these are short-term projects that there are plenty of people on the earth that would love to dedicate their time to nursing these types of ecosystems up living off of them living in harmony with them nursing them up into self-sustainability and then what we plan on doing with these land with this land is then abandoning it stop using it stop manipulating it stop doing anything to it maybe not full abandonment but definitely allowing it to self-naturalize and then that's where the real strength is at so imagine you know you living in the desert again if you haven't lived there it's probably hard to imagine but it is pretty desperate you have a rainy season where you get you know a few storms throughout the winter and then you have the monsoon season in the summer but it's hot and it's dry and the ground looks you know pink because it is just so sandy it seems the sky is so blue though and there's so much sun um, but when you're in the middle of this with you know this harsh environment a lot of things are different you know just like being in a harsh cold environment you know um, I've learned and not from being in extremely extremely cold env cold environments during the cold I've been in Alaska and I've been to where it gets like that and you can sense it um, though like you know hearing about different parts of the world it seems like you have much colder 
cultures that live in the colder parts of the world. And in the desert, obviously it's not cold, but it's also a very harsh environment. And the native people of the desert know how to survive and know what to do and what to do with the land and where to go in order to survive that heat. A lot of them migrated north up to Colorado and along trails of homes that they've created in the mountains to take advantage of the coolness that there is a lot of coolness. There is a balance in the desert, just like there's a lot of warmth usually in these really cold areas. You can find, you know, um, uh, what are those pools called? The natural heating pools. <laughs> I don't, it's one of those weekends. Um, so there is, you know, there's usually a, ba- a balance. Probably when you get to certain parameters, it's just pure cold and pure heat. Um, but for most of us and for most places that we live in, there's this balance and we can use the balance of the natural world to create really sustaining, healthy systems and bring so much value to these people, to people all over the earth. Um, you know, it's it's what's so powerful to me being fully 100 million percent aware that everything is energy and that uh, it doesn't uh, you know, go anywhere. It only transmutes and that I can change and direct and sculpt energy as I see fit. And you can too. <laughs> um, the best thing about that for me is knowing that so much of the energy of of the human, and we are like true childs of the light. Like we are truly light generating beings. We generate so much energy through many frequencies. Light being one of them. When we, I mean, we give so much of our energy to things that have nothing to do with us (laughs) and it's crazy and we're using this you know this precious really precious resource on our level and just period because what is more precious than what it is that we get to experience we we use our energy to to create a world that we then kind of like complain about having (laughs) and if we can in very natural and subtle ways start to free up some of that energy through food forestry and many other ideas that really brilliant people have out there and are already creating and already working on already doing but if we can continue to put our energy into these into these ideas that actually allow us to work less on tedious detailed oriented tasks that are only perpetuating a system that we don't really want to be a part of None of us really want to be doing this. We all want to be free being ourselves, creating, making ourselves happier and the people around us happier. Like very few people on the earth want something other than love, peace, and happiness. Very, very, very few people. And those few people are not really, we don't need to really worry about them. Um... Because the dark always exists, and I don't even know if that's necessarily dark. It's just that uh, you always are going to have balance. So what we can do is take this awareness and this consciousness that we are creating the world that we don't actually want to be in. Then we can take that energy and start to create the world that we do want to be in. A world that has more free time. A world that has more time for exploration versus having to be committed to just tedious tasks that, again... Well, that's been said too many times. (laughs) Food forestry is one of those opportunities because it gives people, first of all, just hope. 
and hope and faith and like a charge of energy when we charge each other up that alone sometimes can get some crazy stuff done because we really are energy beings light beings and we're charging all the time ourselves we're always a searching for those experiences and those situations and those foods and those minerals and all the things that we intake daily and that we exchange through our being we're always looking for these things to charge ourselves to relationships to you know a good book um even the sun you know and so when we charge people who feel desperate and feel like they live in an environment where there is no opportunity for abundance and they feel like their livelihood is fragile because they're so dependent upon a system that they know for certain is weak and does not have their best interests or if they don't know it their bodies and their lifestyles and their mentalities are showing that they know that they're experiencing you know the symptoms of being dependent upon a system that is based upon profit. Um, this is sickness, and we can heal at very basic, subtle levels, and then watch what that healing, that charge of energy, just like they charge the heart to start it back up, right? Like we can watch what happens next because people are so thankful for a taste of freedom from the worry nobody's happy worrying right now nobody's happy stressed out about the status of the world and where things are going and none of us well most of us feel like we don't have any answers or any solutions but there are just as many solutions as there are issues believe me every single challenge has a solution and has way more than one <laughs> so what we have to do is align with the one that has the least resistance and for me the foundation, our food, our sustenance, our basic, the, the, the foundation, which is to me the most important thing, is, is what is plants. And it's the natural cycles of the world. And we can, without any resistance at all, align to these properties because they are what we are. We are of this system we are actually fighting them when we do when we live in the city living in the city is fighting our natural cycle eating tomatoes in january is fighting our natural cycle eating any of those annual food crops really are going against I shouldn't say that we've adapted to things, but in reality, we can realign our system to a more sustainable reality. And it's going to include annual crops, too. It's not to say that those all need to go away. It's just that we need to shift our understanding, our understanding of what's really taking place here, what we are really charging, what system we are charging, the one that gives us back stuff that we don't want. We don't feel like the... the the output of the system is adequate for us so why do we keep charging it it's really our own fault it's <laughs> donald trump or clinton or um, sanders or obama you know it's so interesting that um, that people are still saying that well you know like sanders would have done it you know it's almost like they pulled him out really early too to let to let there be a uh, talk about it and almost like this romanticizing of man sanders would have been the one a brother is in the office right now world like a, there's a black man that is the president of the united states has been there for eight years i really would love 
to see one thing that has really changed and his whole his entire thing was hope for change <laughs> and I you know I went to school in very pro-black conscious groups and it was hard in 2008 which only a few years out of being out of school to be like I can't get down with Obama I don't I'm still not gonna vote I'm still not gonna even say anything about the, the man because it's he's no different than any other piece he just plays his piece and it was a very strategic placement and I'm not mad at him or anything that they're doing I know that at actually at the heart of all of it is good and uh, intended well intended and you have to create you got to create tragedy in order to create greatness and I actually I actually don't tell anybody <laughs> I actually trust the system it's just that for the current benefactors, the current recipients of goods and services, it just isn't um, beneficial enough. And although I trust in time overall, I know that we are also here in order to influence and be a part of, we are the system basically, right? We are it. We are the energy that per propels it and perpetuates it and feeds it and wakes it up every day and puts it to sleep every night we are it and so I trust the system because I trust us I trust us I trust that we are well and good and that we will create always something that is best for existence overall and that's what nature does when a fire rips through and burns everything up the animals that die and the plants that die are not mourned you know nature doesn't mourn those cycles because nature realizes well and I'm sure there is definitely a reverence given to the life as there's a reverence should be given to all life always you should just live within reverence to life there really is no need to necessarily you know well it's just you just live in reverence to life because that is that's truly what it is is you have to live in full you know knee you know on your knees bowing to those full cycles and find just as much beauty in that fire as you do in the new seed that always comes up from it they both are beautiful that new seed wouldn't be here you couldn't you couldn't fully embrace the rebirth of our self if that fire hadn't come it's what the burning phoenix represents it's why the burning phoenix is so important in our very 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 spiritual world is because it literally represents the truth of what we are doing here in these cycles you're going to burn and then new life will rise it is what's the truth so when we get in alignment with that for real first you know primarily just accepting that this is what the truth is and it's only it's only confirmed through your own time this is not confirmed for me through anything other than my own time here so as i'm saying it i imagine either you will feel confirmation or not you will feel confirmation that well yeah every time the shit hit the fan a new opportunity arose from that something new came or a new chance or I learned something or I grew 
or I met someone new or even just the day got bright again. <laughs> just to recognize that, that I've had my worst day maybe already or maybe not. But it went, it passed. It was a moment in time and it passed and I healed and I got over it and now I'm here. And it's what something like a food forest really can demonstrate for us. It truly can demonstrate that abundance is our birthright. We don't need to fight for our rights. <laughs> we don't need to fight for our rights. We need to work a little bit to get the beings on earth that support true civil, true human rights, true, uh, the, you know, truly support the right to live. We need to align with those beings of the earth and ask for those beings to bless us, really, with their, um, with their, their love, with their embrace, the embrace of, of one and of self-awareness and also self-sacrifice. You know, of knowing that I have such a, an important job to do. I mean, that first seed that breaks through the burnt forest, right? The first seed that bursts up. What a scary job that is. I'm going to grow up into an environment. I have no clue what's going on. I'm, I'm sure, actually, the seed doesn't really feel that way because the seed does know what's going on. That's why it's growing. But regardless, how courageous is that for a new for life to begin again how courageous is it it's so easy to give up guys it's so easy to say well oh well it's over it's screwed up everything's going to hell i gotta leave the country because donald trump could be president <laughs> which i want to leave the country too uh, but not to run from anything i only want to expand and explore and the thing is is that no none of that actually matters you know um I think he may become president only because I saw his wife recently get thrown under the bus in the media. And I'm sure she's, uh, you know, I know she's a highly spiritual person. <laughs> and um, so there, there does seem to be some preparation for them to be getting quite uh, some notoriety. And Donald Trump, as we also know, has definitely taken it in the gut throughout his life. And so it would make sense for him that he's earned presidency. I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, I'm I thought Clinton was going to take it this whole time, but, or was the one, but um, I think it is actually him. Or or his wife just had to get on par with everyone else. <laughs> um, we don't need to worry about it, though. We just don't. It doesn't actually really affect our lives. And those of us, the lives that are, that are affected by it, are people that are really in need of real solutions. Not the not anybody who is really affected by the system. I mean, that's, and that's obviously also the exact opposite because those people are the most needy of the system when it comes to health care and food, um, you know, security and housing. The thing is, is that what I'm talking about <laughs> actually salute, you know, are solutions to those situations, to food security, to health care and to housing. Because on the other third of this acre, what we will do is build an earth ship and please if you've never heard of an earth ship look it up go to youtube and just start watching stuff about earth ships because they are truly uh you know like 
just amazing. And we're going to build an earthship on the land. And earthships are self-sustaining homes that grow their own food, that maintain an equal temperature throughout the year using the earth to maintain the temperature because the earth is a cool place. Literally, (laughs) I like being here. And I like all you and I like being able to share my perspective with you and I appreciate your time and tuning in. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that everything is always okay. And we are our ancestors. We are the spirit that continues to be reborn. We are it. And so we have to really have, we have to really, really, truly family listen, learn to learn how to really begin to trust ourself. Trust yourself. If what I'm saying makes sense, trust that. If what I'm saying sounds like Looney Tunes, trust that. <laughs> trust yourself. Trust what you know is right. If you feel eating mostly plants or eating a lot of plants and that plants in general are good for us and for our community and for our family and for our children and for our world, trust it. If you think they're bad, you know, trust that too. But we have to learn to trust ourselves so we begin to align with the forces that support us. We have to stop creating a system that does not actually do what we want it to do. If we want to be healthier, then we have to create a healthier system, guys. And we also have to get out of the one that is, like, we have to begin to remove ourselves in many different ways from dependency upon the one that is. Because our energy isn't going to actually change the one that is. It's going to have to to be dismantled and, what, burned down so that new one can be born. And it is definitely going to be aligned with nature. It's impossible for it not to be. Though there will also be the other side, and it's going to be robotics and people really being cool with the level of technology. And I'm ready for it because those folks, too, will understand that without the earth, none of it makes sense. And she's a living, breathing, womb being that births over and over again. And she loves us and she trusts us. And I do, too. So happy Sunday, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I send all the love and light to every single soul that hears this forever. Peace.